Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, Building Faith and Friendship. The Bible reading is from Luke chapter 18 and verses 9 to 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, Jesus tells this most shocking and subversive story, this parable of the the Pharisee and the tax collector. And a parable is essentially a, a pointed story that asks a question that we have to answer. And the question is this. How can we gain God's approval? Do we gain God's approval by doing stuff, obeying rules, by our own moral goodness? Or do we gain God's approval by trusting in God's love and forgiveness? That's the question. And Jesus says in uh, verse 10, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. He tells a story about two men. It could have been two women. It could have been two children. This story happens to be about two men. But what's significant is that the one is a Pharisee and the other is a tax collector. And you just could not get a further, more extreme opposite than a Pharisee and a tax collector. The first guy, the Pharisee, is a very respected religious leader. He's not a priest, but he's a very influential religious leader, kind of like a minister or a deacon within a church. And as part of the Pharisee sect, he's, in, he's, in, he's part of the most strictest religious sect. They obey every single rule in the Jewish Bible, the Old Testament. And they even obey many, many other rules over and above the Bible, just for good measure. And so he is well known for his devotion. He is well known for his moral goodness. And he is very respected. All of Jesus' listeners love this guy. They look up to this guy. And they wish they could be as good as this guy. But the other guy, the tax collector, he is the most despised within that Jewish culture. I mean, no one likes to pay taxes, right? But it was a lot worse back then. This guy was very, very wealthy. He lived on the biggest house in Temple Lane. He rode the latest model camel. He had designer-made robes to measure. But everyone knew where he got his money from. 
He overcharged everyone on their taxes and he pocketed the money. He was a fraud and a cheat. But to make matters even worse, he was collecting taxes for the Romans, for their enemy, the very country that had invaded them and was occupying their country. And so he was considered to be worse than an enemy. He was considered to be a traitor. And the people listening to Jesus' story hated this guy. They despised this guy. And they looked down at him. And so Jesus tells a story about how these two guys go to the temple to pray. That's to go to a worship service. The sure fact that a, a tax collector would step foot in the temple was scandalous. Every day, first thing in the morning, and again at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, there would be a worship service at the temple. And the people would gather around the altar, and they would sing praises, and then the priest would sacrifice a lamb on the altar for their sins. And then the priest would go into the holy place where only the priest could go, and during this time, while the priest was there, while the, the smoke was still rising up from the altar, people were able to come forward and offer prayers to God. And the way they prayed was to stand up, look up to heaven, place their hands up to heaven, and they would pray out aloud. And we read in verse 11, The Pharisee stood by himself. He stood by himself. He stood apart from everyone else. He stood aloof. You see, he didn't want to get too close to the riffraff in case he would become contaminated with their impurities. So he stands away. He stands at the front and he stands aloof. And he prays, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. And you've got to ask, is this actually a prayer? I mean, is he really speaking to God? Because it seems like he's speaking to everyone else. As if he's trying to tell everyone else how bad everyone else is, especially that tax collector who let him in. And of course the subtext is, look how good I am. This is not so much a prayer as it is Gossip. He's, insult, he's ruthlessly insulting another person, a stereotype of a person based purely upon his own prejudices in public prayer. Have you ever had the misfortune to listen to someone praying and all they're doing is gossiping or even insulting someone else? God, you know so and so. You know how they did that, and then they did this, and then they did that. Lord, won't you reveal to them the errors in their way? Look how bad they are. But the subtext is, look how good I am. Look how good I am in compared to them. This is more of a boast than it is a prayer. Sure, he starts off by saying, I'm going to give thanks to God, but he goes on to praise himself. And he ends up saying... I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. Wow. That's impressive. You see, the Bible says you need to fast one day a year. He fasts for two. Not a year. Not a month. But twice a week. 
And the Bible only asks you to give a tenth of certain things like grain and wine and olive oil. He gives a tenth of everything. Wow. That's impressive. And everyone at temple is so impressed with him. And it is impressive. But the problem is, he thinks by this, he thinks this will make him right with God. He thinks by doing this, he can win God's favor. And so he puts his confidence, his faith, not in God, but in his own moral goodness. And the problem with that is it only leads to self-righteousness. He looks down on everyone else. He finds fault with everyone else. He thinks he's better than everyone else. And he's proud. And he compares himself to other people. And he wants the applause and the appraisal of other people. And he thinks that he is so good that God has to be impressed with him. But is God impressed? In total contrast, we read in verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast. He too stands apart from everyone else, but he doesn't stand aloof. He stands at a distance by the door, hoping no one will see him. He doesn't feel worthy to stand amongst God's people at the altar. He doesn't feel worthy to look up to heaven, but he beats his breast, his chest. A Middle Eastern way of showing a deep remorse and sorrow, often seen at a funeral. And he beats his chest because he knows it's from his heart where, where, where all his evil desires and thoughts and greed comes from. And it shows that he's not just sorry for the consequences of his sin, but he actually hates the sin in his heart. And he prays and he calls out to God, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He knows he's not sorted. He knows he's a sinner. And so he comes to the only place where he can find God, the temple, and he cries out to God for help and for forgiveness. It's as if he's looking at that altar, at that sacrifice burning on the altar, and he's saying, Oh God, let it be for me. Let it be for my sin. He doesn't put his faith and his confidence in anything he has done. Because he knows he's not sorted. He knows he's a sinner. And so he calls out to God. And he puts his faith and his trust in God's love and God's forgiveness. Which of the two is God going to approve? Who is God pleased with? Well, Jesus shocks everyone and He says in verse 40, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. And to say that he was justified means that the tax collector was forgiven by God when he had left. That he was made right with God. And it means that the Pharisee was not forgiven and was not made right with God. 
You see, the Pharisee's pride had intensified his guilt. He thought he was sorted, so he didn't need God or God's help. He thought he was sorted, so he didn't need forgiveness or to ask for forgiveness. And so his pride blinds him to his own need. And it's through his pride that he disqualifies himself from God's forgiveness. And so he walks away unjustified. And the question for us today is, are we like the Pharisee? Or are we like the tax Do we trust and put our confidence in our own moral goodness? Or do we put our confidence and our trust in Jesus? So the question, of course, is we'll be looking at, essentially, is are we like the Pharisee or the tax collector? Are we self-righteous? Do we think we're sorted? Do we put our confidence and our trust in our own moral goodness. I'm a good person. I don't need help. I'm better than other people. I'll be fine. God will be impressed with me. And of course, none of us will say, say we like that. We all say, oh no, I'm not like that. But I so often find myself saying, I, I'm so glad I'm not like those religious guys who, who think they're better than everyone who look down on other people, they think they've got all the answers, and they judge other people. But what am I doing? I'm judging them. I'm being religious that I'm not religious. And, um, and of course, none of us would actually think out, I would say out aloud, like the Pharisee did, that, well, I am so good, I'm so much better than other people. But we often think it. We won't say it, but we often think it. When I'm driving in traffic, I often find myself thinking, am I the only person who's not an idiot on the roads? <laughs> and we look down at other people. And of course, you don't have to be religious to be self-centered, to be uh, self-righteous. There are many people who are very self-righteous over various causes. I'm a good person because I take the bus, because I drive a hybrid car, I ride a bike, I do 10 hours of charitable work each week, I only eat organic vegetarian food, I've, I'm good because I've made a list of what I believe good people should do, and, well, I keep to my list. And then what we do is we look down on anyone who doesn't live up to our high standards. And we judge other people. And we think, well, if there is a God, God is going to be impressed with me. I'm sorted. And often I have people who will come to me and say, well, you Christians think you're so sorted that you have all the answers. And I always have to say, no, no, no. We don't think we sort it. We don't think we have all the answers. That's why we Christians. It's because we know we're not sorted. We need help. We need forgiveness. We need Jesus. And it's often the non-Christian who is the self-righteous one when they say, 
Well, I don't need faith. I don't need help. I don't need Jesus. I am fine by myself. I am a good person. I am sorted. And what they are actually doing is putting their confidence, their faith, in themselves. You see, if you don't put your faith in Jesus, you are effectively putting your faith in yourself and you're saying, I'm a good person, I'm sorted. And this just leads to self-righteousness. And the worst form of self-righteousness is a religious self-righteousness. Where we suddenly think, well, we are really good, we are sorted. God is impressed with me because I pray every day, I memorize Bible verses, I go to church every week, I do all this work for the church, I'm so good, I'm sorted. God would be impressed with me. But you see, it's not about you. It's not about how good you are. It's all about how good Jesus is. You see, there is absolutely nothing we can do to earn God's forgiveness. God forgives us because He loves us, and His love is supremely demonstrated through Jesus dying for us. And it's only by putting our faith in Jesus that we can receive that forgiveness. You see, when we stand before God at the end, we're not going to go stand before God and say, here's my CV. These are all the good things I've done. This is what I've done for you, God. Look, you are going to be impressed with my CV. No. When we stand before God at the end, we're going to look at Jesus and say, I'm with Him. I'm with Him. So are we like the Pharisee? Or are we like tax collector? Do we put our faith and our confidence in our own moral goodness? Or do we put our faith and our confidence in Jesus? Amen.